Welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos. Hola, primo, primas. We are back. We are the Puro Pinche Primos. I'm your primo, Luis Velasquez. That is your primo, Christopher Cristello. We are back. What is going on, primo? I struggle to that. I feel like you forgot my name. Like since the last time that we met, I was adding R's in there. Like I added so many R's. I don't know what happened. <laughs> How you doing, man? How's everything going? It's good. It's good. Uh, heading into Easter weekend. You got any plans for Easter this this weekend? Your spring break is coming I, up, I, right? Yeah, I'm at, we we're about to have a, a an extended spring break from work and i'm actually going to be i was telling you before that i'm going to be at a new york mets game uh monday to see the Padres, but i'm also going to be there easter sunday with our niece destiny who's coming to new york for the first time we're going to be at a, a mets marlins game Ooh, nice. so that's going to be easter sunday is to be um intoxicated at city field <laughs> with our niece children so that's gonna be good I'm, I'm gonna enjoy that thoroughly and i will definitely have a i this is one thing i have to do when i go to city field is i have to have a um new uh, new york mets helmet ice cream so they have carvel ice cream things and I'm, I'm gonna be there and i'm sure that i will have it all over my shirt as well vanilla ice cream is the only way to go Obviously, swirl, swirl. You got to get the swirl. Yeah, I don't do chocolate at all, unless it's Rocky Road. All right, I mess with Rocky Road, but other than that, get your chocolate away from me in all fashion. You know, I was gonna say this because I was telling this to students the other day. When's the last time? that you ever saw Rocky Road as a flavor that wasn't like in a grocery store? Like whether it's an ice cream shop or ice cream truck, anything like that. Like um, you have easy act Rocky Road? Yeah, Baskin Robbins got it. Um, Marble Slab, know. Marble Slab's got it. What's your go-to ice cream spot out there in Idaho? Uh, between Mar- we got a Marble Slab and then we got a Baskin Robbins. Those are... Okay, so I'm gonna ask an even deeper question and make sure the children don't your children don't hear this episode. What's your go to ice cream spot with the kids? And what's your go to ice cream spot when you're alone? Uh I mean honestly, like sweets are never You ain't got slop, Craig. No, no, like sweets are never my thing. The only reason I eat ice cream is because of the kids. Right? Like I w- I don't think I would eat too much ice cream if I didn't have kids. All right, mm-hmm. it's just not like it's just re- sweets in general, just not my thing. Um, it's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Because <laughs> so you know like, me, I'm a sugar. But like, but also like, I I just like to me, I prefer like vanilla ice cream over anything. Just plain homemade vanilla. The best ice cream ever is is Bluebell vanilla ice cream. That, that homemade vanilla? Yeah, homemade vanilla bluebell. Bluebell, though. That bluebell. That takes me back to being a little kid. For people that have not lived in the state of Texas and have not ever heard of bluebell, 
Bluebell is up there and it's got to be one of the best ice cream brands in the country. I've had a lot of different ice cream brands. This is like a sugar fiend and ice cream fan. And I thought it was like at one point just like nostalgia in my childhood. And then I had some recently, like within the last couple of years, one time and I was like, oh, no, this is. Yeah, it's definitely when I go whenever I go back to Texas, I try to get me something. There's, there's always go to's right whenever you go back to Texas. Uh, to me, that bluebell, whenever I see it, get a little quick little half pint of that. Uh, Big red is also a must do when I go back home. Yeah, 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 you got to do big rip. Yeah. I remember one time being at Fiesta, and we know this. If for anybody that's from San Antonio or has been to Fiesta in San Antonio, that's about drinking and eating and like eating food, food, like heavy, bad for you, greasy, stick to your ribs food, and drinking an excessive amount, no matter who you're with or what you're doing. But I remember being really, really drunk walking through Fiesta. <laughs> and this was like right by like Mi Tierra in like Market Square. And there was like a little like store and they were open. It was super packed. Nobody was in there. And they had just a sign that was like Bluebell ice cream. And I was like, there's no way they got just like regular scoops of Bluebell up in there. And I went in there and they did. And I was like, three scoops. And I went and the lady was like, yo, what's wrong with you? She was like, you drunk. And I was like, yeah. I said, like, now give me my three scoops. She did. I ate maybe like a scoop and a half. Bro, I was like, you know, I'm about to throw up. You know what I've done also? Bluebell vanilla ice cream with the big red float. Right, that that's too far. But no, I no, it's it's a chef's kiss. I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chef's kiss. Anyway, so Chef. today, today, primo, um, is a special day. I like to call him uh, lock him up uh, Tuesday. Okay, uh, lock him up today. Lock as up. as we recording this episode uh, is the day that. Uh, Mr. Former President Donald Trump has been arraigned. Uh, he got it. I don't know. Like, do you consider that arrested? Like, he didn't. Of course, he he don't get arrested no. like the rest of us get arrested. No, but it's pretty embarrassing when you got to go up in there. This is the thing about Donald Trump that I do got to like from like an entertainment level. Like, this motherfucker is like a, a wrestler. Like, the the narcissism in this man he had an 11 car motorcade take him to, to, to go in and it's like yo is this like former presidential stuff or is this just donald trump and to me it feels like this is just donald trump bro you know what i heard today as as i'm watching this you know he's got the secret service with him and he's in court and the secret service is there with him if he were to get arrested and go to jail like there's still an obligation for the secret service to kind of be around him, right? And they're they're really trying to figure this out. Like as of right now, like the Secret Service has to be, like if he goes to the yard, <laughs> like the Secret Service has to be there with him as a former president still. So this is unprecedented. Uh, and they're trying That's to right because it, it's like time frame, right? Like you get like like ten years or something like that. No, you get you get your whole life. The Secret rest, Service, yeah. The presidents get Secret. You you can call them off, right? I think like call them it's it's like a, a different level like like you said I think like every ten years like a different level of Secret Service goes off so like you go to like a full team to like four guys you know after ten years then you got like one guy 
towards the end of your old ass career or whatever. And so, and I say this because I I remember what this had to be two thousand. Two thousand. That I remember. That sounds like someone who who drinks uh, vanilla big red floats. <laughs> I remember in two thousand eight. I did a you know I was a station in 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 San Antonio and I did a a funeral uh, in Houston and uh, you know I'm getting ready for the funeral. And the next thing I know, like Secret Service pull up, right? And they were there asking us questions and stuff and like who are we and da 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 da. And uh, wound up being like uh, uh, George Bush was going to this funeral. Not like Daddy George Bush though. It wasn't. It wasn't the younger George Bush. George W. Yeah, George W. Bush. Uh, it was at this funeral. And he had two. Is George W. the younger one or George H. George Herbert Walker Bush is the former CIA. Uh, head and president during the first Iraq war, gotcha. and then W is Ooh, the good old you. boy Man, who you, probably is probably like one of his like drinking buddies, who, like probably shot <laughs> off and like hunting or something like that. But my bad, no disrespect to the person. But anyway, yeah. So Secret Service showed up. They asked us <laughs> questions, all the stuff made us nervous as hell too. Like oh, nobody told us freaking president was gonna be here. But um, but anyways, going back. It is lock him up Tuesday. Um, he didn't. He didn't get a mug shot. He somehow like. I think he missed out on not getting a mug shot, right? Because how much merch he would have sold. Yeah, no, nah, they're they're gonna let him get away with them not publicizing this, documenting it like visually as much as possible. Yeah, and I get it. it. It doesn't make the presidency or the country look very good that this guy's getting bagged up immediately. Yeah, but even so like, I hope for. it was kind of honestly, it was kind of underwhelming. He got uh thirty four counts uh, that he, of course he pleaded not guilty of falsifying business records in the first degree. Is, all right, real quick, the yeah. level of Trump and who he is that we're like so familiar and comfortable with they were like it's kind of underwhelming at 34 counts <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but, it's just like yeah you expect him to have everything like, he did everything wrong yeah that's what like this is like minuscule right <laughs> 34 counts so of course this all stems from uh uh paying off his uh porn star affair but it, it's not only her like there there's some others two other people he paid off paid off chick from tmz um and there's a third person he paid off and they're just if he if he didn't uh pay them off in different payments as opposed to like one big payment then this would have been like three counts but they they yeah. they did account for each individual payment that he made to these three people right now they're like so it's they're both they're all misdemeanors really and then like if they can prove that it was a uh what they're trying to do i guess is is figure out if they can prove that he did this to uh to hide uh stuff from uh that he was hiding stuff before the election all right, a big old mumbo jumbo, and that'll get it up to a felony 
to me, what this is is just like the precursor. Like this was always like the little thing that they were going after him. The stuff in Pennsylvania and the thing yeah. in Georgia, like that's that's the major one. But this is like the first one. Like okay, uh, we've already started. We already indicted one. Like it's not a big deal, right? For Georgia to go in now, right? With the big one, Pennsylvania yeah, I to think- go in with the big one. This was just a feeler out there to me. Like this is just a feeler. How it's gonna go? And once the big hitter one from Georgia and Pennsylvania comes, and that's the one that, to me, will get him locked up. Yeah, and I think that these are really to set, like, precedent of his character, right? Like, to show, like, look, he already got bagged up for these other things where he's, like, misappropriating funds. It shows that he is not someone who is, like, above doing the wrong thing to gain an advantage somehow or to, like, protect himself. And so... By hiding money, particularly looking at like in the midst of a campaign or possible campaign money, particularly then using lawyers to hide money, um, which we're looking at like Michael Cohen, is that they are going to build a long term case against him as just a person in order to get him for those larger investigations that you were just talking about. This is it, it. The three other criminal investigations are related to accusations of undermining an election and mishandling sensitive government records, issues at the core of American democracy and security, right? Which is recorded to the New York Times. But <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, that this is just more humiliating and embarrassing because of who's the other like person that you can point to as a visible cause of this which is stormy daniels which the name itself is just incredible like this shit is like <laughs> novella like we were talking about novellas earlier yeah. this is like novella stuff like where like somebody comes in and does the gas right before the commercial and we are now seeing just like how stupid and foolish and like in a lot of ways like just sloppy and lazy this guy is right like he's just doesn't give a shit about like getting caught or the, like how like dumb or simple that he's like going through this process of just handing people over money. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, of course, it's like rich man privilege, right? Just assuming that he can just do all this stuff. Um, there's some, there, I guess there's some text messages or emails. Um, some people are like saying that he did this hush to like just keep it away from his wife, not necessarily keep it away from, you know, uh, lying to the public about uh about his affair um before the court i mean before the election but in these emails and texts like he's saying should we just not should we wait to do this after the election uh as opposed to before the election he doesn't really think that his uh his people is people that vote for him would really care um so i mean it's obvious like he did this right it's obvious to me um I don't know if it hurts him, right, at all, as opposed to, like I said, like, building up this case, like, adds to the character for his other cases that'll, that'll get him. And not only that, like, if he, if he gets a felony out of this, the Republican Party, who has been so against felonies, uh, people with felonies being able to vote, but yet you're gonna have a presidential candidate who is a felony, like, you just keep walking it, right? Republican Party. You just keep walking the money. The more you start circling around this dude, like he's bringing down your party so bad. 
Yeah, I think that, like, it can't help him that he's going to, that he's being indicted, right? And I think that if, if there's any time for the Democrats to get grimy, it's like right now because of what you just mentioned, right? Like, to point out, like, look, the last person that they had as a president is now faced with all of these charges. The American people need to question that party as a whole if this is the person that they backed just like four years ago. Um, <laughs> the, I think the, the sign that the Republicans are not down with him, right, that the, that era, the Trump era is over, is the fact that at this um, at this indictment, um, there was really only two Republicans or like notable Republicans that were at this rally, which was Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I think is safe to say is like a psycho, and George Santos, who is like right now the lead or most popular fraud of the Republican <laughs> Party, right? The <laughs> fact that these are the two people creating your hype rally like to defend you is just like damn like this this is a more novella like story tv scandal type stuff is just like yo you can't make this shit up these people are like incredibly embarrassing to be around and these are the two people leading like chance for you outside outside of a courtroom where you're turning yourself in like all of that together is just horrific for you trying to like somehow survive or exist and like make it in the world and yet we all i know you do and i do have a deep fear that this guy will be back i do man and like while this is going on too like you talk about uh the democrats need to get grimy like the republicans are grimy they've been grimy um i don't know if you see what's going on in tennessee right now and their legislator where they're uh about to get rid of three Democrats. Uh, they've already taken them off committees. They've, uh, they're trying to expel these three Democrats. Uh, of course, the, the youth has been protesting at, at the Capitol, right, in Tennessee. Uh, because of gun violence and all this stuff and, and the shooting that we talked about last week. Um, and so they went into the Capitol, held a, a, a protest in the Capitol... Uh, three three Democrat two three Democratic congressmen were out there with them shouting, you know, shame on you, whatever. And so, of course, the Republicans are are saying that the these guys are uh, are supporting insurrection, right? And and what? yeah, and so they have uh, they're trying to get rid of them, right? And they're all, they're just about to be successful of getting rid of these three Democrats from uh from legislature yeah I'm, I'm looking at it now just like how crazy is it that you would protest gun violence after a mass shooting at a school at a religious school and <laughs> then these people want to remove you from it and try to like spin it into something else like that that's i mean i think that's the nature of where we're at in politics particularly we're looking at like these I mean, they're not necessarily lower level because they're the states, right? right? But look at Trump and the national and the national level of politics. That's like what we're all kind of focused on. But there's enough messed up states all across this country that do backward stuff like this that doesn't allow for 
like people to truly pay attention and, it, and that makes sense right like that's a, that is a political playbook and i'm not even going to say that to just like one party is the idea to distract people from what's really important or what's going on in order to just burn time and get to the next election or to divert from those things to be able to just kind of like bury things and make it pass in like the news cycle yeah dude, like it's it's so I don't know, man. It, it's and, and we talked about it last week. It just like my hope in the system has gone away so bad, and just trying to survive all of this fucking like all this crap, man. Of like like we're not like this isn't a democracy, right? We're slowly. I wouldn't even say slowly. Like I think it's turned up in the last two three years of going to fascism and. Uh, you know, it's my way or the highway is no longer working together. And even on the Democratic side, right? There's not it's not a lot of Democrats and Republicans working together. Um, it's either my way or the highway. And there is no middle ground anymore. And right now, the, to me, right now, the Republicans are winning, right? Because Democrats seem, to be, Democrats seem to be too nice to me. Like, I wish they would just step up and play some of these grimy games with the Republicans. And, uh, but... That, that makes me wonder how much dirt they're afraid of being uncovered, right? But also, I mean, Democrats like will be nitpicky about certain things that they want that's idealistic for what they believe, and, and meanwhile, not paying attention to the fact that like Republicans are gaining ground or are doing things that are removing power from Democrats. And whether that's at, in like the legislative, like in Congress. Or if that's happening in states, but they're so involved in just like the fine details and making it perfect that it's like just make it get it done and then perfect it, right? But they don't get laws passed enough quickly enough, or more importantly, in the right timing when they have the opportunities to do so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think that it's necessary. Like what the Democrats are are scared of or hiding. Like I think it's that the uh the republicans don't care like you, you talk about cancel culture and stuff you can't cancel somebody who doesn't care like th this yeah. tennessee the tennessee legislation literally like two years ago they had a literal like dude that, that was being uh, a republican that had a lot of sexual assault allegations on them and they didn't care there was protests there you need to get him out of there and they just kind of like, well, we're just going to let him do his time left and then he won't run again. Right. There was no, let's expel this guy for sexual, you know, all this stuff. They're like, yeah, we realize that he's a creepy guy, but we'll just let him play out his time here. Right. And so they don't care. Right. And But on the Democratic side, like if that were to happen, like we, we that's shameful to the Democrats and they will get rid of that person right away. And that's not what a no, relief in. Right. And so, I don't know. I don't know what's right anyway. It's, yeah. I mean, it's clear that there's different. And I think this is the thing that separates us as people, as groups. But and I remember Popovich using this, which I really liked. But moral fiber, right? Like, there's just this, like, certain thing that makes up who you are and what you believe in and what you think the line is for how to treat other people and what is right and wrong and the 
the ranges of that are to be like respected so you get to learn from other people and at the same time there's people who are, are completely throwing that idea out the window and aren't invested in developing their character and that's incredibly scary and dangerous for all of us um you know i think we think of politics one of the things to think about also in in just like these people is, is how much what you say matters and words matter but also just that like you need to be very careful about how your messaging can get like picked up and i think the the message right now that me and you were talking about that like is the most like you shouldn't have said anything at all comes from uh jill biden this week <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the idea of inviting iowa <laughs> to the white house especially and particularly and obviously after what has been in the news cycle with angel reese and caitlin clark during the ncaa women's final um and just the amount of kind of weird underhanded race baiting that's happening and also just like the true racism that's happening but jill biden mentioned that she thought they should that she was going to tell joe biden that she thinks they should also <laughs> invite iowa to the white house <laughs> what was your immediate response like what was your processing like to that or was it just very clear to you because i went through a, like stages of like wait what just what did you just say i think my my what was your thought yeah my immediate reaction was i bobrecita like she she like she's she's trying right like bless yeah bless your heart i know like you probably had good intentions but you just don't see what's really going on out here in this world right you just don't understand it and so like as we, let, yeah let's talk about it. Let, let's just get right into it right the women's final four was this past weekend right it was absolutely a killer absolutely the best thing going on right in the month of March to me was the women's tournament right um to me the women's college basketball carried the month of March both men's and women's side um they had up to I think the final total like up to almost 10 million viewers um in in the game in in the final game this uh past weekend um LSU came out and was on fire. Before we get to before we get into all the controversy, I just want to talk about the game itself, right? Uh, LSU came out on fire, right? Uh, yeah, Jas- Jasmine Carlson, uh, she didn't miss from the first half. She did not miss, right? Um, yeah, she's so smooth. Watching her shoot and just like playing that first half and seeing those highlights is she looks the most fluid of any or of, of of a woman's player that I've seen in a really long time with regards to just like changing directions, moving her feet. Like she's incredible to watch. Yeah, she really was. And then I, of course, I mean, Caitlin Cart, she was, she would, she did her thing. She came out on fire. She came out, you know, hitting it from 35, 40 feet, you know, uh, the audacity of that young woman to just chuck those things up. Like, it's like, yo, what are you doing? And then, oh, shit. I feel like that's every time I watch her, I do that at least twice. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, for real. And then, like, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, I'm watching it, and then uh, I, I have those same moments in front of my kids. Like, oh, shit. They're like, what's wrong? They're like, oh, she just shot from some 40. 
<laughs> and it's like nothing. And every time she's is it's yeah. like it's so hyperbole, but like it's it's exactly like Steph Curry because every time she shoots it, yeah. I think she's gonna make it. Yeah, and she expects to make it. That's the thing. It's not like she's just like she's yeah. not chucking. It's like yeah, it's not a bad. It's not a bad shot for her, right? It's not a bad shot. Yeah, like that's exactly. you have, and that and that is the. Uh, what Moki and LSU did, they they caught as soon as she pulled up from thirty five forty. Moki caught a timeout. She got on her girls. We guard her from half court, right? We guard her from half court. What are y'all doing? And they from there on out, she she was guarded from half court, which is why she only scored thirty and not forty, right? <laughs> but she was still knocking stuff down with hands in her face. Like, yeah. That was the thing to me when I felt like I had watched her earlier this year. Was I was like, oh yeah, like. She's hitting these, and she's, I mean, she's open, right? But she's open because she's so far away, right? Like, of course she's open. But them guarding her that tight and guarding her, like, three, four, five feet outside of the three-point line and her still knocking that down with their hand, I mean, I was like, oh, I didn't know she was that good. I feel like she's also one of those people that the moment doesn't face her either. Like, she actually got better in the biggest moments and in the big games. Which is like always incredible to watch, like as a as a sports fan, to see an athlete rise in that way, where they're gonna like rise to the occasion every time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's big time, and she's great, great for the sport. Um, but L- to me, the the difference was LSU was a team, and and Iowa was it, it goes as Caitlin goes right, and uh, she yeah. she kind of yeah. got into early foul trouble. Uh, their center, who I can't think of her name right now, who who is the other player on that on the Iowa team. Who who can ball out? Uh, she definitely got in uh, in foul trouble, um, and so when they those two went in foul trouble, like the LSU team, they shot, bro. The LSU shot seventy six percent from three point. Yeah, that can't happen. And then you expect to win the game, like, and if you do somehow, I don't know what that other team has done to like mess that up. They must have had like tons of turn, but you know, for LSU to be able to shoot like that. I mean, how are you going to beat them? Like, you can't expect to beat them. Yeah, but the can't. thing is that those shots they were making were also, like, some really tough shots. We were talking about that buzzer beater at the end of the first half. It was like, damn, even that went in? Like, you know, that too many things are going right for them to, to lose that game. Yeah, it was just a game. And and it's like the game before uh, what LSU played Miami, like, they were shooting like crap. Right? They did not deserve to win that game. And the only reason they won that game is because they were playing Miami. Right, I think they scored 54 points total in that game. And then going into this final, they scored 102 points. Right, They were just they, – they showed – that team showed up in, in a big time, in a big moment, right, as opposed to just uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, one player. So it came down to me, a team versus one player, and, and that one player could have almost did it. Right. Yeah. So to you, because I got that text from you after the South Carolina game, and and uh, and deservedly so because she she had what forty one in that game, forty or forty one. And is Caitlin Clark to you now that like she lost in the final Iowa loss and kind of came back down? Is she still the the women's NCAA goat to you? No, no, she's not. She's got to win a chip. Okay, <laughs> she's got to win a chip. And then also, I was reminded during this game. Okay, as I watch in the finals. Uh, she 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 outscored uh Cheryl Swoops uh as far as total points in, in the tournament, right? But she barely outscored Cheryl Swoops. And sure and back then 
it was two games less for Cheryl Swoops. So I, I had to be reminded of how dominant and how badass Cheryl Swoops was. Right. Yo, Cheryl Swoops is the woman to me that like was the first like, oh shit, the women's game is might be worth watching. Her yeah, and Lisa Leslie. She's the one she I mean, she started WNBA, right? Like she she yeah. was she cared like yeah. Put I, on the map. Yeah, I, w- I was reminded about Cheryl Swoops at that final, and I was like, okay, maybe I need to relax and just remember history, okay? But, I mean, Kaylin Carr is, is taking the game to another level. Cheryl Swoops wasn't shooting like this, right? The, the way. And, uh, exactly. I was going to say, like, I don't know of any women's player that I can ever remember that where you were like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, you know, that you're, like, scared of the way that they were going to show up for a game. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but so, yeah, Cheryl Swoops was dominant. As, as a, she was a baller, and she's still the goat. As a wrestling fan, how do you feel about Caitlin Clark using the John Cena thing, can't see me thing, throughout the tournament? Okay, I want to clarify. Before this, before the final, and what we're right, going right. to get into, but before but, that, first off, I would it? like I would like to clarify this. Okay, uh, John Cena may have made it. Uh, more popular as a white man always does when he steals from someone, but it was Tony Yayo from G Unit <laughs> who John Cena stole it from. Okay, John Cena stole it, and he, admittedly so, John Cena said that he took it from G Unit to Tony Yayo. Okay, so Tony Yayo started it, the white man came and took it, made him popular, and he gets all the credit for it. Okay, just, just a little history lesson on that, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> Going back to your question, like, I don't think I don't think Caitlin Clark knows that that's the Tony Yayo. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's why <laughs> that's why we have to put it out there, right? Because this is how get, get, history right. gets put out. Just set the record straight. Set the record straight. All right, just another. I had this go back. We had this conversation yesterday. It, my, uh, Ariana, my daughter, nine year old. She's been she's been killing it, man. She's been making me laugh so bad, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man, what we were talking about, but she said something, to, something loud to me. She said, is that nothing white people stole from? from <laughs> oh, we were talking about, she lost she, she lost a tooth, right? She lost a tooth. Uh-huh. And we had the tooth fairy. And she was like, she was like, uh, is the tooth fairy white or, or brown? And I was like, nah, nah, tooth fairy, definitely white, right? Because there's no way <laughs> that a brown or a black uh Two fair can go into somebody's house and not get arrested, right? There's just no way that happens, right? And, and she was like, and she's like, oh man, I, I want my two fair to be like me, right? <laughs> and, and then what she read like a couple years ago, uh, we uh, the two fair forgot to uh, <laughs> leave some money, and so the two fairy uh, left a note and it was a picture of her. And she was like, yeah, I remember that she looked picture and she was white, right? And she was like, and then she was like, why do white people... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold yes. on. Real quick, let me get this straight. Okay. The tooth fairy left a note. Right. With a picture of herself? Of herself, yeah. Saying, fairy- just saying sorry that uh, I I got busy and I forgot to get your tooth <laughs> and leave money, right? Uh-huh. As what, a- is the to- what does the tooth fairy look like? A little white girl with wings. What? A little white girl with wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so, it's like some like stock pick image. Yeah. For the <laughs> so like three, four years. Does that have like her memory is crazy when it needs to be right? And she's like, oh yeah, she left me that picture. <laughs> and she was like, well, white people stuff. 
And she just like, and my wife was like, hey, I'm white. <laughs> and, she was like, and then she was like, yeah, I know, mom. You're taking all the stuff from us. <laughs> they disappointed me. Then we went on another history lesson. Uh, you had to tell them, like, there's no real, like, white people. There's, we, we started talking about cowboys, and I was like, yeah, white people stole that stuff, too, from, from brown people. Like, vaqueros were the first real cowboys, and they stole that from and we just went and and my wife was just like, hi, guys, I'm here. You know, I'm white. And I was like, yeah, we know. We know colonizer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, circle all the way back to the colonizer. <laughs> Caitlin Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, circle back. Um, look, we again, we talked about this last week, right? Uh <laughs> went potty. Okay, good job. My daughter just went potty. Just announced it on the uh, podcast here. Um, Literally trying to shit on the story. <laughs> uh, we we talked about last week, right? About how I feel about talking shit, right? In yes. the game, talk all the shit you want. You don't want me to talk shit, then stop me, right? And so, Caitlin Clark uh, doing the, you know, you can't see me. Uh, the the whole thing that she did with South Carolina, where people had a problem with, with LSU for some reason, LSU had a big problem with the way Caitlin Carter defended uh, South Carolina shooters, which was like not guarding them. Like you get the ball, yeah, yeah. you're not gonna do nothing with it. So, and they're right. They're it. It reminded me earlier this year when Draymond did that to Russ, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Draymond was up there, and Russ had it. He's like, "Yeah, go ahead, shoot that man." Well, I'll stay right here in the paint. And so, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I it, I love it for the game, right? I love it for the game. Uh, and so, again, the big controversy coming out of the women's college basketball is uh, Reese from LSU did it back to her. I wouldn't even say did it back to her, but like she just did it to her, right? She did it in her face. Yeah, she did it in her face. It was like, can't see me what? Look at this ring. What? Who cares? Let me tell you who cares. Oh, white dudes care, apparently. Right? Because now they're calling her classless. Right? Not not Caitlin Clark. They're not calling Kate Clark. Right? Classless. Yes, right? Exactly. Uh, they're calling uh, Reese from LSU classless. And again, it's just, first off, to me, it's sexism a little bit. Right, because men do this all the time in basketball. Oh, far worse. Far worse. Far worse. And that is basketball. You talk crap to each other. You talk shit to each other. And nobody ever has a real big problem with it, right? It's just the game. And women do it. Oh, no. What are our women doing for our little girls? Right? And this, I mean, this is, yeah, this is far more sexist than it feels racist, and yet it feels heavily both. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And so, and then, of course, you go into the racism part where it, when it, when it's fine when Caitlin Clark does it, um, but it's not fine when the black girl does it, right? It's kind of the same thing. We've had this conversation before when uh, we talked about Tom Brady and the fits that he throws on the sideline, and everybody calls that leadership, yeah. and he just cares about the game. Yeah, he's passionate for the game. Shit. Yell at people. Yeah, and then when OBJ or somebody else does it, you know, oh, he's a he's a sideline cancer. He's selfish player, right? He's not a team guy. It's just underlining racism at its best, 
And to me, that's exactly what all came out from all of this. Yeah. I, you know, what's interesting is that there's certain things that we talked about in the last episode about, you know, talking trash in a game that I thought like went to exactly how we had talked about things. Because basically the idea that if you're going to do that, you better be balling, right? And Caitlin Clark was balling. And in that moment, I think a lot of people, a lot of competitors, male, female, black, white, wherever, if somebody does that in your face in a moment like that where you're incredibly frustrated because you know your team is, is about to lose this game, it's really easy, and I wouldn't have blamed anybody for, like, saying something back. But the one thing that we talked about was, like, yo, you can't talk shit when you're losing, right? And I had actually way more respect for Caitlin Clark keeping her mouth shut in that moment than because I also can't say that in my own bias, I wouldn't have been like, oh, this this girl's talking shit because she thinks she can because she's a white woman. She's just mad that this is a black woman saying this to her. But I thought that Caitlin Clark, like if you watch the video the entire time that Angel Reese is doing this with the ring and, and the hand is just like she took it like she didn't really like yeah. try to make eye contact. But she knew, right? Like, she, how do you not know? She knows this for her, right. and she just took it. And I respect that, because as a competitor and as an athlete, you look like a baby if you go back on that, particularly when you were already doing that, right? Yeah, exactly. So if I you, actually a great deal for that. If you're going to dish it, out, dish it out, you have to be able to take it, right? You Absolutely, particularly in that moment. Yeah, that's, look, yeah, you're right, you're right. You, you do all that to me. Right again, everybody else is so upset about it, except you know the person that was that was dealt with, right? Because they understand the game, they understand it's part of the game. I mean, and like she's one of the queens of freaking trash talk, right? She told a couple games before then when she was up by fifteen, she told the, the other girl, you know, shut up, you're down by fifteen, right? Like, what do you like? What? Why are you? Why are you talking? Right. And and when when she did it, like, oh man, look how competitive she is, right? Look how, you know, how electric she is. She's such a leader, and I'm like, yeah, just that's so much underlining and all that is just ridiculous to me. Um, but all that being said, the storyline. I mean, women's college basketball is just. It's. Oh, I mean. I'm ready for it. Like I'm, a, I can't wait till next season. And I, you know, I, I don't remember yep. last time I said that about women's college basketball, but I can't. With Caitlin Carr is coming back, Reese is coming back, Paige Buker is going to be back healthy in UConn. Yep. South Carolina is still going to be dominant. Like I can't wait for women's college basketball next year. Yeah, they they deserve the stage, and they've like more than earned it with the way that this Final Four played out. Right, like. Those were really big games, and you had really good team. And then you had the team, which I thought was probably what's best for the game as a whole, is what you were talking about before, is it the best team won. Like, the total team came out right. and took that victory away from the best player at that time, even while that player was hot. And I think that that speaks a great deal to, like, just the beauty of basketball, but also the importance of really keeping it about the game and teams and recruiting entire programs versus just, like, one individual who's going to be there and then be gone in a few years. Um, so shout out to the women's game because that you're right. Like I had no interest in anything that was really happening in the men's game. Like I wanted to see one, 
and I maybe wanted to try to make a bet. But aside from that, I wasn't like deeply invested in anyone. But the whole time was just like, I, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't think I was going to make it all the way to the end just on Kaylin Clark, which also just also speaks to her individual greatness, but also what a really great player can do to a team when they have to go on a run like that. And, and for them to make it all the way to the final was pretty amazing, particularly that South Carolina game, right? 36-0 and South Carolina, defending national champion, and then to take that loss to Caitlin Clark, incredible, incredible athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just real quick, I mean, again, you talk about the men. The men's, it was okay, right? Like, again, like, also, like you said, just, like, there's not really any storylines to follow there, except there was a lot of upsets. Um, it's one of, like, a four seed winning this is, is kind of unprecedented. Um, I, don't, I don't really remember the last time that happened. Although I did call it, right? I just wanted to my own horn. Told you UConn was going to win it. Uh, yeah, that was, was pretty impressive. I'm not going to reveal your secrets and how you got there, but <laughs> but your your bracket strategy is, I trust it. It's good. It's good. I'm on it. I'm going to fine-tune it next year, right? Like I said, I told you I got out of 22 million, my bracket was like 500 and. 18 i think 520 i was wondering i think now you can legitimately enter like with your formula enter your brackets into places to try to compete yeah i think so i'm going for money next year i'm going for money next year (laughs) believe that okay but uh uh uconn won won the men's tournament uh this last year do you think should they be finally like considered a dynasty as we look at dukes and the north carolinas uh, do you consider UConn the men's UConn? Of course, the women's UConn is definitely a dynasty. But uh, UConn winning their fifth championship since '99, I believe. Is that a men's? Since my... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have. They're not like a story program. Like that. I think. I think you have to. I mean, when they they measured them up against all the programs that we see, I think those programs though, right, because of time and longevity. But like, if you think about the. Like, the Duke program, to us, I think Duke kind of set the standard and Coach K, right, for, like, what basketball is, and then he became Team USA coach, and they, I mean, they only started, what, in 91. So it's not like they've been around forever the way that we think about, like, North Carolina, Um, obviously, UCLA days um, with John Wooden and... um, Lou Alcinder. I'm not going to even say Kareem, <laughs> Lou Alcinder. Um, but you talk about these programs, and I mean, there's, I think you have to put them in that category because although they're not consistent where they're like a powerhouse every year, they figure out how to build teams and then be present. And like this run in particular, I mean, I didn't expect UConn to be there. I think your bracket did, but I don't think you did. And I think that was more of your formula than it was like what you would have guessed. But I mean, it was there, right? And it happened, and and what you put together really did like come through with regards to how a team gets through like a, a really tough tournament run. Yeah, I think the only thing that UConn, as far as dynasty wise, like they need to have a superstar player come out of come out of UConn, right? You have the Kimball Walkers. The Ray Allen. I mean, no, they have a, they have Ray Allen, they have Rip Hamilton. 
Um, I mean, they have enough. I feel like if you can just produce NBA players that have like longer than three or four year careers, then you're a school that, you know, needs to be paid attention to and that people need to respect. Um, and, you know, the UConn teams that, that won titles, like they weren't flukes, right? Like they weren't Cinderella's. They were like, yo, you better watch out for them. They have a squad. And I think that's the really kind of the major difference when you talk about um, like the college game to the pro game is that it doesn't mean that those guys are going to be superstars in the league. It just means that they're, you know, they're te- like, I, I think who, who won that year when we were kids and we went out there in 99, was that UConn that won that year? Yes. Yes. And, and so they played against, what Anton Jameson and Vince Carter, right? That was that was Rip, right? That was Rip Ham- Hamilton on that team. Uh, who else was on that team? Was Ben Gordon on that team? I think Ben Gordon. Yeah. Karan mm-hmm. Butler. Maybe Karan Butler yeah. was on that team. Uh yeah, I mean they've got players like I I'm just saying like uh all time like they don't Ray Allen is probably the best one that came out of out of UConn. Right. I wouldn't I don't know if I yeah. can to me it. I think of Ray Allen and Rip Hamilton. Yeah. Because they were the stars on those teams even before they became like solid or star NBA. But players. I mean Kemba it's been out. it's been a minute. Like I think Kemba is the last one that we can really talk about coming out of UConn. Um, that we that we really know, yeah. Maybe Rudy Gay. That's kinda... also Rudy Gay. Yeah, I mean Rudy Gay was nice. Yeah, he was. You he was like he, he was. was like you knew who he was, right? And so, who was today? Shout out to Rudy Gay because Rudy Gay to me has one of the smoothest looking jumpers. Like when it goes through the basket, like that shit looks flawless, man. Yeah, yeah. Right, he's like still just, he's he still got he can still give you eight yeah eight ten points a game right now. I think he's almost forty, just on that. It's like jump. something in the wrist, like his wrist action is just like it just looks so smooth. Like it just like that guy's not gonna miss that shot. But yeah, shout out to I mean, and that might be right. You think about all the guys we just mentioned; they're shooters. So maybe that's something that UConn's got like uh, that they've always had, but yeah. The, the UConn team, I do think that you have to consider them like a storied program. Yeah. I don't know about Dynasty, but I do think that you have to respect them, obviously, as like an all-time great school and part of like NCAA basketball history and culture when you think about like those top-name schools. Yeah. Well, all that um, being said, I mean, that's that's college basketball. It's over and said and done with. We are one week away, Primo, from the NBA playoffs. Starting, it. yeah, it's crazy. It got here so fast. Uh, thank God. I mean, thank God this season's gonna be over. The Spurs has just been horrible to watch. Rooting for them to lose every game. Um, it's just it's it's tasking on me when I should be celebrating their wins like the other game I did, we talked about it early. When was the last time? That was the last time they had this few wins. Was the year that we drafted Tim Duncan? Yeah, absolutely. Right, I think they only had twenty wins that year. Yeah, or twenty one, something like that. Yeah, so I'm I was, 
really quick Spurs history moment okay. that I'm like, oh, yeah, that could have been something, is do you remember that that year, because we had, uh, I believe we had just traded Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm. right? And, and so there was like this gap in there and Robinson, they needed something to hold them up. And that year was supposed to be Robinson and an aging and yet still like 20 plus points a game, Dominique Wilkins. Yes, sir. And I remember thinking like, I can't wait to see David Robinson and Dominique Wilkins play together. And then it never happened. Yeah, no. And then we got, but, but but shout out to Dominique because like that season, like he led the team that season. Yeah, he played his ass off. Yeah, he, he played. He yeah, and it was just him out there, and it he, was. Yep, he won all those twenty games, like no doubt. Yes, he did. I felt, and that was the thing, right? I felt bad for him because it was like I think he knew, like, all right, I got, I need a big man, and like yeah. I'm gonna ride the David Robinson wave, and then actually, it's just like, damn, because yeah. that was that was his last shot at a ring. Yeah, do you know? I didn't realize again. Going back to. Uh, history of the Spurs it is um Jaron Jackson do you remember Jaron Jackson from the Spurs yeah I didn't realize that Jaron Jackson Jr. that's on Memphis was his son don't play with me right now (laughs) yes I didn't realize that you just figured that out I just figured that out like I I I just never put like I knew Jaron Jackson from the Spurs and I knew about Jaron Jackson Jr. Right, but I didn't put two and two together until I guess the other day they had uh, Memphis was in San Antonio, and they were both there. They were holding each other, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I was finally like, "That okay, I get it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I remember when I saw his name. They were when I think it was when he was getting drafted. I was like, "Oh shit, he's got the same name as it." And then they were like Junior, and I was like, "Wait a minute, no way!" But yeah, the and the only reason I even remember Jaron Jackson as a spur is because. He was in the starting lineup when we got that ring. Yeah, yeah. Like, had he not been on a championship team, I wouldn't even remember him. I'd be like, "Oh who, yeah." Who are gotta... some Spurs shooters? Like, I, as we as we tell off into the history of the Spurs, that that you remember. Like, I remember Mario Ellie shooters. Yeah, yeah, Mario. I mean, he was huge for us yeah, that he year. Was. Like, no, we don't even that type that dude. He was such an energy guy. Like, he we needed that guy in the locker room. He held it down for for like Chuck he gave Person. That Chuck Person, that's right. We had no uh, Dale Ellis. Oh, Dale Ellis was so nasty. Yeah, I think he at that time. I think he might have broken like the single season. Yeah, he was a, he was leader. I think he's probably still top five, right? Um, as far as definitely top ten, that's three point. But yeah, you, you have Reggie, you have of Curry, you have Ray Allen, and then I think. Fourth is maybe Dell Ellis still. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, Dell Ellis is is one of those like. I mean, he he was one of those guys that popularized the three. Like he made you be like, oh no, maybe you should get a guy on the team that just shoots threes. Yeah, right. Like this is from the corner. Wait, but I feel like all his threes were from the corner. Yeah. That's how I always remember <laughs> yeah. it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. Those are the easiest, right? They're like the shortest distance. Right. But uh but anyway. I'm, yeah. We, we yeah. tailed off again. <laughs> yeah, I don't sorry. aside Go. from that NBA news, what what <laughs> is what are the things who you think is like making a splash, who's on their way, and who are like just 
pretenders. Like I got no shot in this. Um. So there. I mean, there's a lot of storylines here. You got uh, like are are the Warriors gonna be a first round exit? Is a, is a big question to me. Right now, they look. I think they're slated to play. Hold on, I think it's right now they're on track to play Sacramento. Sacramento, yes. And I think if you're the Warriors, that's who you want to play. Yeah, absolutely. But like Sacramento is going to be on fire, right? Yeah, they are going to be on fire. The energy in that building is going to be nuts. And the Warriors haven't figured out how to play on the road at all. Yeah. The, the key to them really being able to get past anybody is going to be Andrew Wiggins coming back. Yeah. And we talked about that briefly, like what the possible rumors are around him. But one you know, important point is like if he is dealing or was dealing with something deeply personal, was this guy working out at all? And I would think that he would be as a professional athlete. But also, sometimes when she gets heavy, yeah, like that, depre- you know, depression is a right? mother, and uh, you know, sometimes you don't want to get out of bed and do that. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's they're definitely going to need him, and they're going to at least need like a seventy-five percent, eighty percent version of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that looks crazy. Okay. The Lakers, like, they they can be scary at times, but they're so inconsistent, right? Like, well, the interesting thing about them also is that they're about to leap the Warriors and right. they might move into the sixth slot. And so, of course, then too, if you want to play anybody, you probably want to play Sacramento only because of their lack of experience. Right. I think that they're, they also, you know, when it comes to size, having to like deal with a little healthy or decently healthy LeBron and AD, but also I think it's just a travel. Like, you don't have to go very far. Oh, yeah for those games, right? Versus if these guys have to fly to New Orleans or if they got to go all the way to Memphis, right? Like you're essentially flying cross country each time you're doing that and you're not at home. But I, I will say this is, is these guys right here, seven, six and five. You don't want that fifth seed, right? And you don't no. want to play Phoenix it's right now. <laughs> right now, Phoenix <laughs> is undefeated with KD in the lineup. Yeah. And so you got it, and they're right there. Let's see, the Clippers are in the fifth seed right now. They're forty-one and thirty-eight. Golden State is in the sixth seed. They're forty-one and thirty-eight, and the Lakers are in the seventh seed, and they're forty and thirty-eight. So they're just all right there, five, six, and seven. This is the crazy thing about that four or five seed that you're talking about, right? Like, if the Suns play the Clippers, and this is realistic, like I could see this actually happening. I could see Phoenix and the Clippers having to play each other. Going like six games because like something happens in the series, right? Right. And by the end of that series, I could see KD, Chris Paul, maybe even Devin Booker, but definitely Kawhi and definitely Paul George all being injured at the end of that first round series. <laughs> yes. And I'm not even joking. Like Absolutely. I think that that is the real possibility with that group of people. Like I could see all of them in some way getting hurt, and then whoever comes out of there, like it doesn't matter. Like they're not going to be ready because they can't afford to lose anybody, either yeah. one of those teams. No, they they both and got to be healthy. They just play like a Denver, and you don't want to play Denver hurt. Right, you can get over the hump and possibly beat Denver, but you can't beat them when you're hurt. Right, 
right no they're they they i don't think if if any of those stars are hurt against denver like they don't i would not be picking them at all uh but a healthy phoenix versus a healthy denver that's a series i want to see right that's gonna be a killer see in, in the second round there um going yeah, over i can to- see this though if the lakers jump the warriors that first round could be warriors grizzlies oh yeah yeah yes. like give me that i'll take I want that. that one right there I don't mind seeing Denver and whoever makes it out of the playoff and then seeing Golden State and Memphis, seeing the Lakers and Sacramento, right? Like tons of experience versus no experience, but like youth and speed versus this like slow down stuff. And then and Phoenix and the Clippers. There's a Memphis and yeah. Golden State hate each other. Exactly. Yes. I'm Draymond's going to get ejected from at least one game. Like, so is Dylan least. Brooks. Yes, I can't wait. And they might not even be the same game. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, for sure. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, going out east, like, the, it's Milwaukee and Boston, right? It's just, it's where we're at. Boston right now is straight. No, no love for the, the Sixers? No, nah, I know. You don't think the Sixers got a chance? No. I, no? I, I think Embiid is going to win MVP because it's yeah. just time. I'm not, I'm not really sure if he deserves it, really, but... Uh, I don't know, man. He's a monster. He is a monster, but he's been a monster, right? But oh boy, from Denver, it's also a monster, right? And he's just yeah doing everything. But it's just MVP fatigue. He's won two in a row. They're not going to give him three in a row. Um, I mean, they could. They could. I wouldn't. And both but... of them are monsters. But to me, the best player in the game right now is still Giannis. Yeah. Right. Like I, I can would, see that. I would take him if we if we had a draft. Have everybody in the playoffs, like I would pick Giannis first out of everybody. But Boston right now is, is finally put it together at the right time. They're healthy. Uh, they just beat the crap out of out of Milwaukee a couple of days ago. Um, in Milwaukee, who's that? Boston. Yeah, Boston. They won. Uh, was it one forty to ninety nine? <laughs> yes, it was yeah. nasty. Messed up my party. Yeah. If they wouldn't have had a blown out, a blowout, I would have hit all my marks. But then they yanked everybody, and I was like, "Wait, the stats? But the stats? <laughs> I need all the stats." <laughs> yeah. No, I I don't know how much I feel like in those games. Once it gets like that, it's like out of hand. People pull people, and it's like a fluke, right? Like it's kind of like you can measure it, but you can't. But I do think it's good for like. I mean, I don't know that if you're Boston, you want to do that to Milwaukee. Because I think, if anything, you just woke him up. And I think at this point, I think, here are pretenders for me. Like, I, Milwaukee versus someone like Atlanta, sweet. No. Atlanta's not even getting close. Not even one game. Milwaukee is, I mean, not Milwaukee, Atlanta is the definition of mediocre. Yeah. The, the stat that I heard the other day is there are t- currently 78 days with either being 500, one game under 500, or one game over 500. That for 78 straight days now. And and moving. Like they'll they'll go that record through the rest of the the rest of the season. They're just and Trey Young most likely this is Trey Young last year. Right. Where does a guy like that go? Where do you think that he can land? Uh the Knicks? Like he he needs to be. Nah, they hate him over there. Yeah, but like until he wears a Nick jersey. <laughs> He's, but they got already. They got Brunson. 
And I don't know that Trey Young, I don't see Thibodeau being like, yeah, that's the guy I want. What about you know, actually think about it that you're saying that? I can see him in Brooklyn. That's what exactly we're about to say right now. Yeah. Maybe Brooklyn. Yeah. Goes they in. need some sell tickets and to like act like that. Yeah. Maybe he goes that. But, you know, I mean, the where Lakers, do you see? Let's see. Say that again. Maybe the Lakers. Like, Lakers will go all in for a dude like that. I don't know if they got the I money. I don't think they got the money for it, though. That's yeah, sure. Yeah. OKC? I think. Like, they're like. OKC well, next year. Yeah. Who averages like 30 points a game, which I didn't realize until recently. Yeah, yeah. But in, in the East, I, I think the matchup when we're looking at these, right? Because you have like your bottom group, who's, I think, a lot further away from the top than what we talked about in the West. But. To me, what's interesting is that uh, four and five, Cleveland and the Knicks. Do you think that Cleveland is just that much better than the Knicks that they'll be able to to easily handle them in the first round? No, I, I think I think it'll be a battle. I think uh, it'll go back and forth. And just New York fans, okay, can I just say something real quick? I realize that y'all been waiting for a winner for so long. I realize that. But don't celebrate one playoff win like you just won the championship, okay? All right, y'all did that two years ago. Y'all won one playoff game. Y'all were in the streets, turning cars over. Y'all thought was it. Y'all didn't win another game, right? Just like, just learn how to act right. You're in the first round. You have a good team, all right? Maybe if you win a series, act like that, maybe. But I'm going to say this. After this year and last year, even though as a Spurs fan, we've seen five titles and six finals. The next time they win a playoff game, I'm going to be in the street screaming and yelling. Because <laughs> <laughs> this feels like forever. Oh, God. We need win by Yama so bad. Yes. Yeah, you look like it, too. You look like you've been waiting forever for them to win a playoff game, too. Yeah. No, I'm going to the streets. And I'm eating tacos. And I'm talking shit. And high five. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Go, New York. Enjoy yourself. I mean, you, you, I'm gonna be doing the Tony Yayo <laughs> in the streets. That's right. Call it. That, there you go. Call it the Yayo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, as far as anything else in the East, like I'm, there's nothing. Like I'm really looking forward to maybe uh, the Sixers in Boston in the second round. Like that should be decent. But I don't. The only thing that. that would- yeah, the only thing really looking at in the East is, is the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's if we get Milwaukee and Boston. Right, that's what you would want to see. And for that, what do you see that going? I mean, I think Milwaukee. Like, I think, yeah. Games and who's winning that? I think if all the teams are healthy in the whole playoff picture, if every team is healthy and no problems, like Milwaukee is well above everybody else. Like and I, they've been so consistent. They play as a team when Giannis is in, when Giannis is out. Middleton yeah. is, is looking like he's back to his old self when they won the ship uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Portis off the bench. I think he's going to win the, the six-man award. Um, that team is just deep. Do you know who's huge for them? Brooke Lopez. Yeah, yeah. Brooke Lopez is like such a major. I didn't realize how big of a part of the team he is. And so I started looking at his numbers and then also just the way that he's on the floor. I was like, oh, no, this guy, like, he is. Yeah, he's legit. Um, like, they need him. Yeah, He's sure. part of the, like, core group of people that they need to, to win a championship. Yeah, definitely. And, he, like, he's one that 
when I talk about being healthy, like he needs to be healthy. If he's not healthy, then that, yep. that is a big like they they don't have really rebounding without him. They don't have an inside defensive pressure without him. He's also he he's also transformed his game where he can shoot threes, right? Yep. Oh yeah. And he become a scorer like that. So yeah, they need him. Um but yeah, to me the most consistent team, the best team will be Milwaukee. Um I would like to see a Milwaukee maybe Milwaukee Denver doesn't excite me, even though they're both one of you know, top seeds. Mm-hmm. I don't think that really excites me to watch that finals. You you want to see the rematch, the Milwaukee Phoenix, except now with Durant? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that Phoenix would yeah, I'll probably watch that uh a lot more. I mean I won't watch it anyways, but I'll probably be more excited between that. Um <laughs> Yeah. Maybe. I think I would love to watch Milwaukee win another one with Durant on the other yeah, end. Like absolutely. that would just be to watch CP3 walk off with that sad face. Yeah. It's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. That's all. It's bound to happen. I can't wait. messed up my parlay. It all comes back to the parlay. <laughs> it always comes back. We betting, folks. We betting over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hate you, CP3. Yo, I'm not I'm not going to say anything about, about uh, you gambling until you start gambling on some crazy shit. Like, hey, man, I got this parlay on the USFL. Like this, like when you start betting on that, we're gonna have to get you, get you, uh, to go get some help. I'm telling you right now, if I start betting on really obscure shit, you need to be like, yo, we need to have a talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll Please do. <laughs> like, Don't let me get there. I've got this parlay on this cricket game. I'm staying up yeah. all night. <laughs> like this, this Pakistani team is supposed to be the best team I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, please. Yeah, I know. I will listen. Yeah, good thing for me uh, in my pocketbook. Like I live in Idaho, and we can't gamble out here. But uh, or, yeah, or else I'd be right there with you. I tell you what, now when I go to like Texas and I can't place a bet, it, it does bother me. I bet. I bet. I'm, I'm, I'm a little frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bet. Right, Speaking but- of crooked, crooked teams and, and crooked things, how are the Houston Astros doing? Now that the, the season has started. Did you like that? You like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like uh, you, you're talking about the defending World Series champs, Houston Astros. That's what you're talking about. Um, they st- Honestly, all they are to, is the team that Megan Thee Stallion threw out the first pitch for. What That's a all they are. great first throw, too. Shout out to her. Like, everything was impeccable. And she did such a great yeah, job. She made me want to watch baseball. Yeah. Um, but, today, though. Yes. First kind of like big moment with regards to the new rules. Manny Machado got tossed for a strikeout on a clock violation. He was arguing. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's like, yo, who would that happen to? And it's like, yeah, that makes sense that it would happen to Manny Machado. Yeah. But um, he got ejected for striking out on a, co- uh, a clock violation. And, you know, he was adjusting his batting gloves and appeared to be calling time. And, Huh? Of course, because I feel like the the batting uh, timer was meant for Machado, right? Yeah, it's for all of that. It's yeah. like all of those things, like those like weird routine things that guys do, and uh, and happened at the end of the first inning. So he's out of the rest of the game. So four of these things you were talking about it earlier, just how quickly these games move. 
particularly when we're used to like I'm gonna go do something. I'll still catch the like the last three four innings of a baseball game, right? And it you can't do that no more. No, now it's like basketball. No, you do. We have right? to. It's like, oh shit! I gotta get there. The fourth quarter's gonna start, and now it's like, oh shit! I'm gonna get there. It's gonna be the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about how these rules are playing out at least in the beginning? I mean, I think to me ultimately, like it's gonna be good for the game. Um, it, it just takes some time getting used to. Like again, we've been uh, our whole life. We're used to these games asking three four. Four hours long, not me like me not being like a number one like baseball like number one sport to watch. Like I can you know I would, if the Astros were on, then I would put that game on and then just gradually go back. I know I've got it. It'll be on for the next four hours. In the other yeah, way, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, I can exactly. run an errand, come back. You know, I'm not missing anything. Not much. Dinner, now, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We we'll go go to the mall, go shopping. Go to the grocery store, come back, it's the seventh inning. You're like, all right, we'll watch it. Now it's getting good, right? But now it's two, two, two and a half hours long. Um, of course, players are, are, are chipping out about it. But I, ultimately, in the long run, I think it's going to be good for baseball. Um, I think that, uh, you know, just going into, like, it's game, what, five right now of the season for most of these teams. It's too early to tell. Right, like, oh, of course, of course. We we split the Astros split the series with the White Sox first, and now they're starting up a, a series with Detroit. Um, it's it's I don't know. Ask me again after July. To me, baseball extreme. doesn't doesn't really start till after the All Star game. Very true. Yeah. Right, and so I'm I'm always well, not always, but I'm curious as to how this is going to play out with like pitchers' elbows and shoulders and things like that. Like if they're is there really guys that need like we talked about hitters needing that routine, right? With the gloves and those types of things, but like pitchers needing the time at the mound, like all of like whether it's taking a breath, setting their feet, all of those types of things. And how much this if it does at all play a, a role in just kind of like greater soreness or tweaking like an elbow or a shoulder. Yeah. I mean it's it it's what what is improving a lot now is uh base stealing right that yeah there's like been so much base stealing this first first weekend first week of games i think that like all of last year i think all of last year uh who was it the baltimore orioles had like 20 22 uh stolen bases and then they've already this year already got to 20 right they're just everybody's stealing base the bases are are bigger uh, you can no longer check, you know, check down to the first base, you know, after three throws. And so, like, you know, after that second throw, like, these, these guys are, like, taking a, a, a big, huge lead. And so I, I think that's good for the game. So it's it's interesting. That, and that being said, like, to me, whoever's going to win the World Series is the one that's going to be able to uh, adjust to these game to these rules more. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. going in, going into the season, like the Astros were the favorite, because they should be right. They've got uh, going into the season, they're number one in batting predicted, they're number one in pitching predicted. But I think like all that being said, like you don't know how anybody's going to react to these rules. Yeah, and so it may hurt the Astros in the long run. I don't know. I j- I just honestly I don't know. So I'm interested to find out. Again, I think in the, in the long run. Uh, it's good for the game. 
Yeah, I think, you know, it is going to make things more entertaining for a lot of people. It doesn't allow you to waste time with regards to, like, fans. Like, you can't, like, mess around and just, like, go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a, you can't be telling me. You're going to be able to just, like, get back in the same inning. Right. Um, those things are not going to happen. And I think one thing to to consider is just, like, how much does this then... I think I mentioned this like a few episodes back. Like, how much does this now make it something worth doing to go live? Because you know when it's around, when it's going to end. You know these games are not going to take forever, and that you can actually fit it into a day of doing stuff. Um, whether that's like in a weeknight or whether that's like in a weekend um, during the day, that it's not going to eat up your entire day. And particularly for you know folks with like families and kids and and what that means for that, but. Aside from all of that, I'm interested in like just the star power of the teams. Um, Otani hit a 431 foot home run yesterday. Yeah, he's great. Um, and I don't know if you got to see the story, but uh, with Rendon, yeah, and the yeah. fan, yeah, with the fan. Well, what do you think about that? How did how did like I, I had mixed feelings about it. I mean, what were your thoughts seeing it? It it's both both are are messed up. So anybody that don't know the story, there was a, a a fan who was you know just jawing at the players as they were going off the field. Uh, this fan called Rendon a bitch, and uh, Rendon then you know got mad, grabbed the grabbed the fan, you know he said call me a bitch again. The fan of course tucked, you know he was like oh I didn't do it, I was talking to you or whatever. But uh, both are in the wrong. Um, but I think Rendon is obviously more in the wrong. He's got more to lose, right? Of course, yeah. And so he got. I think he got suspended five games. He's losing a lot of money. Like you, you can't do that, right? You can't do that. Uh, but also, like, learn how to act right in the stands, right? We we've also had this conversation about fans, right? And, yeah, and yeah, How yeah. to behave in. And fan behavior seems like significantly worse than what we have ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it's getting worse. In the last, I mean, coming back from the pandemic. Fans feel a little bit more privileged. They feel like they, you know, I bought this ticket, It, I can act however I want to act. Yeah. Uh, which is just, it shouldn't be the case. And so, uh, I don't think that yeah. fans should be able to come back. And then I don't, but I think also Rendon deserves the five game suspension, if not more, like, you you, you yeah, can't, you can't grip up a fan. Yeah, you can't do that. I like I like the bigger like for the game. Oh, Tani is so so locked in, like he didn't know what was going on. He walked back and forth <laughs> three times while that was happening. <laughs> and at the very end he's like, Oh sure, what's going on over there? Like he's had no business for anything. He didn't know what's going on. Yeah. It, he's he's just different. What is your uh, your outlook right now for these first couple of weeks of the season? Um, what are your hopes for the Houston Astros? We'll stick to your team. Well, they're to me like they're still the favorite. They're gonna win this. They're gonna win the World Series. They'll figure it out, um, no doubt. I think it, it comes up to it's gonna be the Astros. As far as far as in the AL, it comes. The Yankees will be there, kind of. I don't. I'm not so sure. Like uh, they still struggle at pitching, right? They still 
Uh, Garrett Cole is their ace, and he's barely an ace in my eyes right now. Um, I think all, and then the I think the Blue Jays will probably be the one to push. Also, the Seattle Mariners, they made a lot of improvements these last two years. They should be up there. Uh, so it comes down to those four teams in the AL, and the NL is more much more wide open, right? I like I can see Atlanta coming out. Should probably be the favorite. I think the Padres, they spent like a billion dollars. Uh, so they, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they're going to be in it. Uh, the Mets, they're uh, on paper, they should be in it. And I think they will be in it for a long time. And then until eventually the Mets will met, right? Sergio will get hurt. Verlander will get hurt. Um, Damn. All of that is going to – you're already missing Edwin Diaz. You can't just re, uh, replace a closer like that. Uh, you're you're really relying – as far as the Mets, you're really relying a lot on Scherzer to play at least 30 games and Verlander to play at least 30 games, and that's asking for a lot for those two old, old dudes, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, I mean, the, the, the NL is much more wide open. And also the, – you know who who is surprising me though is your old team, the Rangers. Why is that? Because they they're I think they're still undefeated right now. Um, they've they finally got pitching last year. Last year when when we had this show, we we're talking MLB. We we're talking about like they picked up all the hitting, but they had no pitching. Like we could make the starting yeah. lineup. And this offseason, they spent all on pitching. Right? They got Degrom. Uh, they picked up you know. A lot of other pieces, like they're they're something to be. Maybe not this year. They may push for a playoff spot this year, but next year, like they should be able to put it back together and and be a, a legit team. Yeah, I think I'm in. Like I mentioned before, I'm in full transition to become a Mets fan, so I'm ready to endure major, major pain. I don't necessarily know where to go with like where the season's at. I feel like baseball is such a, I feel like your guys need Altuve back. Um I'm interested to see what Philly does. And I think for obviously for baseball, even though I hate them, is it's only good for baseball if the Yankees are decent. If the Yankees are in the mix, it's good for baseball. But I am really, really interested to see, as always, what the Dodgers do. Because the Dodgers are always like the story and then they're either the letdown or they somehow are like break listen our people the primos and primas uh, (laughs) would not let the dodgers win okay if you could look in the history of the dodgers and dodger stadium and what they did to our people they are cursed okay (laughs) and they will not win okay again look up the history of dodger stadium and what they did to our people in, in the land that that stadium is built on, on under so many graves of, of our people. Sorry, Dodger fans. You're cursed. And you deserve all the tears. The only World Series is not a coincidence. You've had this killer team. And the only World Series that you win was the pandemic one, which wasn't at, was played in Texas and not played on your stadium. Okay, just think about that. Very true. Just think about that, okay? With that being said, Primo, we've had a good episode. It is time to lock this up. I'm your Primo Luis Velasquez. That's your Primo Christopher Costello. 
We are the Puro Pinche Primos. Peace.